We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, Paul and Toby. Paul Emig, Toby Altizer. What's up, gents? Good morning. What's going on? Happy belated birthday to Giannis. I didn't mention that on yesterday's show. Was he 28 or 29? I don't know. Yeah, happy birthday, Giannis. 29, 28? He's got a – the Bucks probably have to move on. You know, that was going to – I wish you wouldn't have jumped the uh, <laughs> He's almost the 30, 28. At a, certain 30. Point, at a certain point, you do have to sell high. Yeah. Plus, he's probably in the back half of his career. Okay. Well, now, some of this is true. He is uh, – well – No, he's right in the middle. He's right in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Right in the middle. Okay. This is not – he's he just turned – 28. 28, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, a couple voicemails, and then we'll get into mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought we this already did one get into is, it. Yeah, this we're one talking, is from, talking uh, the honest trade packages. Just kidding. Go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we could talk Middleton stuff. That came up on the Bucks post game the other day. Only could the Bucks beat a team like the Magic, and people still want to trade Middleton. Middleton, <laughs> the third best Buck of all time. Oh, yeah. Now, this I want to hear. Middleton's the third best buck of all time. I've put it out there. Or at least we'll finish there. And who okay, I know you want to play voicemails, but who's just content who's he in contention with? Oscar Robertson. Like who's like the top five? Moncrief. Mon Sydney Moncrief for sure. Giannis. So it's it's Giannis Kareem and Middleton. Well, I mean, oh, all right. The top two the top two are obvious. And then Well, Middleton's gonna be in the Hall of Fame, yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, Really? Is he? Is like yeah. I, no, he's Hall of Famer, guys. I don't know about that. Get on board. Uh, so Toby wants to trade Middleton, and Paul thinks he's no. trash. <laughs> I have a Middleton package laid out and a Giannis package laid out, so we can really reset this franchise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rebuild while on the fly. What are All they right, doing? this is from Doug and Racine. We haven't heard from Doug on the pod yet. And you can leave your voicemails, 402-915-BART. That's 402-915-2278. Brought to you by Carl's Place. Nice. Toby, you get that simulator put in behind you yet? Not yet. Not yet. Working on it. Working on it. I'm going to arrange for us to go back out there. And I'm going to, like, try. <laughs> Not, Not get, like, 
17 every hole. I've actually been going out there without telling you. Oh, trying to improve? Yeah, so my whole thing about the simulator was get one so that, because I wanted to, like, once it came to golf time in nice weather days, I wanted to all of a sudden be good. And my friends would be like, how did you get good? And I'd say, I have a golf simulator. But now I need to get a golf simulator to practice in secret for when I play you again on a golf simulator. Yeah, yeah. So, Bart, what's, Bart, what's your basement ceiling height? Could you put one down there? I could put one down here. That's a nice yeah. basement you have. It's got a grand piano and a fireplace. That's a yeah. You got well, I think lofted. It ceiling. looks like pretty tall ceilings, right, Paul? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't even know why he has a look. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys were describing what was on my green screen. Oh man, my green screen. He got us again, Bart. Here's Doug from Racine. Hey, Bart. Doug from Racine. I uh, finally found your podcast last week, and I binged them all. And so I wanted to say, hey, I've been, uh, I don't know when your regular show is at, what time. I didn't hear anything like that. I just been binging them. And I just wanted to say, I'm glad to see you're back on the radio or on podcast. And, uh, I've enjoyed it a lot. Have a good one. And uh, a little less of the F-bombs. You know, I am an old talker. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a good one. Bye. All right. Thanks, Doug. Um, So I did play a clip from Norris Chestnut on Twitter. And it was MF-er after S after MF-er after (laughs) S. And I did feel like there was, you know, because I we swear a little bit on here, I think. I'd, I'd still like to swear less because I don't want to be like, oh, the podcast is freeing because I get to swear now. I'm not I'm not into that. But if it comes out, it comes out. Now, I am going to do some Zach Gelb shifts again soon. Mm. And so I hope that I don't I'm not like I lost that. Are you, are you going to do like what you did probably once a week on the show where you'd be like, man, I really wish I could just drop an F-bomb right now. God, I want to swear. <laughs> well, sometimes for effect, it made sense. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's a nice middle line. I do think that maybe a little too much. But what the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Ron in Rome. Hey, Bart, this is Ron from Rome. Uh, I see, I hear most of your shows. And uh, I've been following your tw- Twitter, and I haven't seen you talking about the Brewer trades at all. Seems like they're doubling down on getting guys that hit below the Mendoza line, and they're just hoping that they have a rebound season. I'm looking forward to an even worse year next year. What do you guys think? Thank you. Bye. Is that a good transition, Paul? I have Brewers topics. I wasn't going to start with them, but I have them. You know what? It's winter meeting season. Why not? Take it away. Ron will answer your questions. Wow. Packers are not leading the show. Okay. Eh, Let's mix it up a little bit. I actually have two. Two? Uh, One Brewers and one MLB. All right. And we're going to hear both of those right after these words. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. Hit me. <laughs> All right. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're going to start thanks to Ron from Rome or Ron in Rome, depending on how you prefer. Oh, and if Doug's found this, they post every day at 5 a.m. Yes. And I do live on YouTube after uh, Packer games and select Bucks games, mostly the midweeks. Bucks games, including this, is released on Wednesday. So tonight, I'll be live after Bucks Kings. Yes. And with Rami Makhlouf? No. So we talk, yeah, Rami's doing a post game on his own. Oh, man. Like a Kings post game? Yeah, for his station. But he's on StreamYard mm. 2, where I used to record. So we were trying to figure out a way to, to do that. And I don't know that it's worth it. Also, <laughs> let me just say before we get too far along in the podcast, help Bart on YouTube. We got to 1,000 followers. That was good. Now watch him on YouTube. We got to get his watch hours above 4,000 hours. We're close. Right, Bart? Yeah, YouTube. Right when you think you have an accomplishment, they're like, oh, no, no, no. You have to do this. Moving the goalpost for you. Okay, so watch Bart on YouTube so he can get his watch hours up. Okay. There was a Craig Council comment on Monday that was fascinating. Uh, I think this was from uh, Todd Rosiak, who I saw this on Twitter, or maybe it was McKelvey, one of the two guys. Um, Craig Council talked today about the positional prospects who stand to contribute in 2023. He mentioned Bryce Terang, Garrett Mitchell, Asterius Ruiz, Sal Freelich, Joey Weimer, quote, and even Churio at some point. Okay. Uh, Council said, I don't know why not. I think he did so much that why would you say you're not open to it? End quote. Uh, Then I think it was McKelvey then he prefaced that said Jackson Churio, the Brewers top prospect, doesn't turn 19 until March 11th. He turns 19 in March of 2023. The last 19-year-old to play for the Brewers was Gary Sheffield in 1988. Um, so I don't want to just focus. You can take this direction however you want. You can focus on the Jackson Churio part. You can focus on the other guys. But my question for you is that Craig Council's comments about several young players contributing in 2023 is far more exciting as a fan than bringing back slightly above average veteran players like Hunter Renfro and Colton Wong. Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. Let me first uh, ask Toby a question. Yeah. Dude, your favorite player. <laughs> I know, dude. Ray I... Turner. 
11 not only reunited with Bryce Harper, Wait, can but they have done it on a rival franchise. Well, can we hold that thought? Because I, that's my second, that's my MLB question. So, so bad. Toby, hold that thought. All okay. Right. I wanted to make sure we got, oh, but you wanted, you had a world series, but that's tough. I want, well, okay. Real Could you imagine if one day Braun and Fielder were like Cubs well, together? You, you know, well, I, but I would, but I would say I, it would, if they had won a world series together in Milwaukee first, I would be more like, eh, you know, I would still be like, this is weird. But if they won a world series first, oh, you didn't like Favre on the Vikings. Damn it. You're right. Well, it's a weird thing. Cause I'm a Jersey guy, Jersey collector, not from Jersey. And I was like, oh, yeah, wherever he goes, I'll get a hat, I'll get a jersey. Because you got a Turner Dodgers one, didn't you? Uh, I had a jersey, at least. Oh, yeah. No chance I buy a Phillies jersey. Zero chance. Can't do it. All right. We'll we'll table some of that because there's a lot going on in MLB. As far as the Brewers, mm-hmm, I would rather hear about those guys. And this is, you know, we've touched on some of these trades to Ron's point, but what, what, what more can I get out of uh, the Hunter Renfro trade, first of all? I mean, we're not we, – there's a lot of angst that Brewers fans have and a lot of we, – we, we like to complain now. We're in, we're in that stage where we like to see yeah. what they do because everything they've been doing is wrong. So it's like, oh, God, what have you done? Wrong. And so we like to just react negatively to whatever. But it's I'm not doing that for Hunter Renfro, right? Okay, uh, I know that you could say, well, he was the I don't, I don't even know third best hitter fourth of on what team though on the Brewers. I'm not worried about losing Hunter Renfro. Wong, I didn't want back. He mm-hmm. lost it defensively, and I don't remember like a great Colton Wong moment. So hey, Jesse Winker, okay, it's kind of like my name, but not really. Uh, and then this Toro guy that I always thought was good, but then I looked at his batting average and it was brutal last year. So yeah, I think to, to re-excite Brewers fans, like look at the look at the Indianapolis Colts. Are they excited with Carson Wentz's body and Philip Rivers' corpse? Or are they do they want it, Matt Ryan? Do they want would they get more excited to see a young quarterback? I want these guys to come up now and, and change things a little bit. I that that will re-excite the fan base, and that's why. I argue sometimes it's good to tank or be bad because then you get a new crop in here. We, we can't we can't be watching the same old thing all the time. So uh, mm-hmm, I am much more excited about any of the guys that council mentioned than bringing back the Hunter Renfro's of the world. Toby, I know yeah. not a, not a Brewers fan, but I'm just curious. Like you know, you you're watching the Brewers a lot. So I'm, yeah, what, what would you say yeah. about council's comments? Yeah, I think. Bart and you have downplayed a little bit of Hunter Renfro, and I would disagree with that. Colton Wong, Bart hit it on the head. Like Colton Wong was supposed to be your defensive ace up the middle, and he kind of lost that. He never was someone that was going to provide too, too much in the lineup. He's a decent leadoff hitter, but you can find someone like that, and heck, it gives Yelich a spot now to bat in the lineup without having to have any controversy about who's batting leadoff. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look at the prospects coming up for the Brewers, I like a lot of these outfield guys. And I think that some of these guys should have probably been contributing even last year. So, I mean, to your point, I, I think when you look at what Craig Council said, it's got to be encouraging as a Brewers fan because 
sure, you could have brought back Hunter Renfro, and I think he's better than maybe what some people are giving credit for. But even so, you're bringing up guys like Joey Weimer, who's shown a lot of pop in the in the minors, who's shown that he can be an above-average bat himself and ha- probably has more potential than a Renfro. Same thing with Freelich, not necessarily the power, but brings a lot of a high average. And then obviously the most exciting one that he just threw the name out there is Jackson Churio. And you've heard him compared to Ronald Acuna. I mean, if you can get that sort of production out of a guy who knows if he comes up mid season or if he even comes up at all, but even so like the fact that there's considerations of this is pretty exciting. The only reason I would say that there's some drawback from me is we talked about this last year where we thought all the teams in Wisconsin were in a window where the Packers we thought would be solid and that they would have a chance at the Super Bowl. We were wrong about that, obviously, this year. The Bucks are still in a window, and you would think with the pitching staff that the Brewers would be in a window, and you're going to be relying on prospects to get you over the top in the batting department. And so that's a little bit of a risky choice but then again when you look at the way that the brewers operate maybe that's the best way that they can get talent on the field without having to pay top dollar yeah i think there's something to be said with like joey weimer who you brought up who council brought up more importantly if what else like in a lot of these cases what else do you want him to do in the minor leagues what else do you want bryce terang to do in the minor leagues you have to create an everyday starting spot for them in the major leagues or trade them and like You've spent all this investment in them. You clearly believe in them. I'm sure they've had offers throughout the years to move Weimer, to move Terang. They've held on. Renfro, right field, could very easily be Weimer. Second base is almost definitely, presumably, Terang. You have you have to tr- you have to let them try it. You, you know, if if Sal Freelich and Garrett Mitchell are essentially going to battle it out to see who's going to be the present and the future in center field. Jackson Churio is on just some incredible <laughs> rapid rise, you know, and, and, and Toby, do you know, I mean, Acuna might've been 19 or 20 when he came up and uh, like, there, yeah. I mean, there are, these guys are Julio Rodriguez was 19 in Seattle. If I recall correctly, like it's incredibly rare, but when you are that special, you have, you, I mean, I'm glad that the brewers aren't thinking of it like, when the Cubs said, Hey, Chris Bryant, like you got to wait until like April 23rd, you know, like this happens all the time with service time manipulation. They're just like, Hey, these guys are ready. Let's go. I like that. I appreciate that. I would much, much, much I like opening day with Hunter like, and Toby, you'd say like, it's not about downplaying what Hunter Renfro did. It's to say, is he the difference in the Brewers being the next step? Like is, is, is Hunter Renfro taking you over the top? Is he the guy that you're like, okay, if Hunter Renfro can deliver for us, like, no, no, you you get out when you can get. I mean, he had a good he had a good season. That's great. But like, what are the Brewers doing with Hunter Renfro as their best offensive player in right field? Nothing. Missing the playoffs is what they're doing. Well, and the issue is, you kind of maybe said like, let's choose somewhere else. Well, you have a log jam in the outfield, and Christian Yelich isn't going anywhere, and there is no center fielder outside of Garrett Mitchell, and you're not getting rid of him. Well, Freelick. So- well, and that's what I'm saying, like these prospects. Oh, okay. Saying, no, Lorenzo Kane, Christian Yelich isn't going anywhere. So if you're going to say, like, we need to free up another outfield spot, Hunter Renfro's the guy. Now, granted, they brought back Jesse Winker, 
So there's another outfielder for you if you're yeah, worried about some veteran presence. And honestly, it sounds like, like DH though for Winker. DH. Well, I mean, he, he'll get some starts in the outfield. But honestly, if you're looking at Jesse Winker versus Hunter Renfro, you're just switching sides of the plate. They're pretty similar. Yeah. So yeah, as we talk, as we talk about this, you know, my the Brewers also the the thing that I've taken away the most about the winter meetings, and I don't know if this. Uh, climbs into your question coming up next, but I'm all I'm thinking about is Corbin Burns. Sure. Okay. Because you see DeGrom go to Texas and now Verlander's coming over to the Mets and you look at how much these guys are making and Corbin Burns will make a lot of money. I said, I've been saying at least 30. That's low. Yeah, definitely low. Because, because what Verlander's 40 years old, DeGrom is 35 and often injured. Corbin Burns is he thirty or something like twenty nine? So you know, he's good, but but so what the Brewers? If you're saying, well, let's win while we have Burns and Woodruff, and you know, let's win while we have these guys, you're still you're in a spot where you're not going to go and get the Aaron Judges of the world. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to find a lineup that's relate or like that's equivalent to the talent of your pitching. The middle road of the Hunter Renfro's, that's not going to win it for you. We just saw that. Right. And then so you almost have to go like, let's see what the kids have. Yeah. And, you know, let's bring up Churio at 19. Let's bring up these other guys. And Garrett Mitchell came up and Garrett Mitchell for a while was like the guy I trusted the most. Yeah, he's clutch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So. That, that, I think, is because that top level is not available to us yeah. and the middle level is proven that it's not even worth doing, then, yeah, the, the the path for the Brewers in 2023 is bring up these guys we're all excited for. Well, I think I, you, you look at it, and there's not many years left for the Brewers to try it with Burns and Woody. I think that there's a way that they could keep one of those guys, more likely Woody, because Burns yeah. is 40-some mil. Because you look at Scherzer getting that at, what, age 37, his first year of his Mets contract. And mm-hmm. Burns, like you said, is going to come out a lot younger. you think five by the years. Way, by the way, Burns just turned 28. He'll be a free agent at just turning 30. Yeah, so he's going to get a big payday. So the oh, Brewers- Well, he's almost 30. Get him out of here, too, then. <laughs> just turned 28. Oh, okay. So if you, if you look at it... I mean, you've got two more years, two more seasons with Burns if you were to take it to the end. Chances are, if you're the Brewers, you're going to trade him and maximize, get people for him. Same thing if you want to consider not bringing back Woody. So really, this could be the year for it. So maybe this is the year where you do see some of these prospects. And if the Brewers feel like they have something, then they make a deadline acquisition for someone to bring a splash in. Otherwise, maybe you do end up seeing Burns and Woodruff moved because you're going to get a glimpse of the future. And if they don't see the future as being too, too bright right now, then maybe they have to move on from those guys. I want to say, too, like, I think this is five years later. This is the position player version of what the Brewers did with pitching in 2018. Bart, if I recall correctly, 2018, Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta were all on the Major League roster. And... Right, it was, it was at the 2018 season where it was pretty much. I, I recall the debate of, and Burns was brutal, like terrible. Yeah, then tried relief, and that was terrible. But then all oh, of a he sudden, he was bad like, in 19. Oh, that's right. When he was 
Okay. 18, he was like the right-handed hater. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But there was that year, and I think it was 19 then. It was terrible. 19, where it was supposed to be like the Peralta, Woodruff, Burns. Like, we're going to ride with those three guys because they had just come off the 2018 season, as I'm connecting the dots in my head, of where Yolis Chassin is your number one, which, ugh, if only like – Right, if we can, if only the pitching that the Brewers have had the past couple years lined up with the offense of 2018, and you didn't have Yoli Chassin as your starter and Wade Miley as your one batter manipulation guy at the top of your playoff rotation. Um, so I, I mean, yeah, I just to round it out, like this feels like the the four years, five years later version position player where you have Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. You have to see what they can do. You have to give them a chance in the majors. They've all now they had a they had a rocky start, or or at least like a rocky second season in Burns's case, and they're not. I mean Ruiz and Mitchell and Freelich and Churio and Terang like they're not and Weimer they're not all going to be instantly great. They're not all going to be instantly good. Chances are two of the six will fail entirely. But you have to find out. You have to find out. One hundred percent. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, all right, very, I'm gonna let's. Let's move the other baseball one to after Packers. I want to get to Packers. Let's do it. Toby, if you want to go get your coffee, <laughs> go get your coffee. All right, I'll be right back. All right, get your coffee. And I'm going to be telling you all boys about Happy Place Hemp. Look at I sw- Look, see, YouTube. Happy Place Hemp. I'm going to say this first. HappyPlaceHemp.com. The promo code is BART. 25% off your order. Yesterday, I almost forgot to, I talked about the product, how great the gummies are. I almost forgot to actually tell you how to get it. HappyPlaceHemp.com, the promo code is BART, for 25% off every order you ever get. Now, there are others in this town that have a promo code. Don't use theirs. Use mine. And if you've ever used theirs, I would almost like, hey, I used the wrong code. Can I... Because I want them to know that I'm still here. I might be in my basement, but I'm still here. I'm still cranking out pods. I got this all wrong. I've been thinking, get a podcast out in the morning. Get a podcast out in the morning when people are used to listening to me. But what I've realized is that my real enemies are those on radio in the afternoon. So maybe I start cranking out two pods a day. Yeah, how about that? Got nothing else to do. Somehow this all comes back to happyplacehemp.com. Promo code is BART, B-A-R-T. Promo code BART at happyplacehemp.com. Christmas time's coming up. A little stocking stuffer. Put a sampler pack in there. Uh, I, I'm going to get for my brother-in-law a box of the red gummies, which uh, have some little Delta 9, I think those are, and then a box of the green gummies, which I think are the Delta 8. So we're going to mix and match a little bit at happyplacehemp.com. Red and green being, of course, the uh, colors for Christmas. Okay. Uh, oh, and all the red ones. I'm sorry. That's the THCOs. Well, look at that. Look at that, brother-in-law. We're going to have a real nice time Christmas night. Okay. So check that out, happyplacehemp.com. Promo code is BART. Some different accessories. And then you can get the medicine or whatever it was that Tim Shea sprayed in his dog's eyes that's not the exact way the story goes but that's how i've chosen to tell it happyplacehemp.com oh there's toby there's paul what's up you dirty dogs 
Yeah, Are we ready? We're going to transition to Packers and then come back to the other winter meetings related one. Yeah, I think that, you know, 20 minutes of baseball was pretty good. But if you're going to talk another 10 minutes of baseball, we got to get some football in there. I mean, let's get some football in there. So we can't be killing ourselves here. (laughs) I do love offseason baseball. It is fun. Hopefully others agree. Do you have Um, any college ones? No. Can I do a college one quick to Toby? Sure. Toby, mm mm-hmm or mm mm-mm. The committee should have put Ohio State against Michigan if they're both going to be in the tournament anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes. You think so? What? No. Okay. Now I have to chime in. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, the problem is they shouldn't pick the matchups. They should pick the rankings. Yeah. Right. So you would put Ohio State over TCU. Yes. Nah. If you well, played your conference. Well, I mean, how many times have you seen – they should be knocked out, but how many times have you seen a team ranked number three lose their conference championship? Granted, it's to a top ten team, so I'm not saying that TCU didn't deserve to be in, but they just remained number three? So let me I – I got one point about the college football playoff that I think people argue like the argument for Alabama being in would be like, well, isn't the criteria to pick the best four teams? It's not – so what the criteria the the that's what they say. The the college football playoff in this four team structure is designed to get the teams that are most deserving of it into the playoffs. So TCU going to the championship game and losing in overtime, and that's their only loss, is much more deserving than the two loss Alabama team. Now, would Alabama be favored against TCU? Perhaps, but Alabama lost two games. The reason that they say our goal is just to get the best teams in is because there's no technical. They didn't print it out anywhere. You have you have four spots for five power conferences. It makes no sense. So what the committee is going to try to do is get the four most deserving teams, and then when you see like, hey, well this team was good, but they didn't have a conference tournament or whatever, and and Alabama, they say that as a backdrop. So they were always going to put TCU in ahead of Alabama. There's no debate on that. It's just they say the other thing in case they need to, which in yeah. the past they have. As far uh, as the matchup, uh, no, go ahead. I, I don't like that the people, oh, it's for the four best teams. No, it's not. Because then it'd be Alabama and Georgia Alabama every year. Here. So it's not for the four best teams. It's for the four most deserving teams. And I think they got it right this year. So I don't think that I brought this up because Dan Patrick was talking about it, how he says, if it's a made for TV product anyway, have Ohio state and Michigan play each other. I don't, I mean, if, if they played in a national championship, if they both won and deserved the spot to be there, that's cool. But I don't think anybody has an appetite to watch this game again on a neutral site. It just happened. So I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the appetite to watch Ohio state, Michigan again, unless it's a national championship. I want to see, Ohio State, Georgia, and I want to see TCU, Michigan. How much? Well, of a I wouldn't have done it. Do you give TCU against Michigan? How much of a chance? Yeah. Um, they could win that game. Yeah, I think this year's playoff might actually be better matchups than we've seen in a while. Well, Georgia's going to destroy. I think Georgia beats Ohio State. And Ohio State gets blown out unless they decide that they're actually going to throw the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr. more. 
And I think TCU could hang around against Michigan for a little bit just because it feels like no matter what, Max Duggan is just going to find a way. That dude, such a hard player, such a hard worker. I mean, heart of a champion. That last couple drives for him, especially that one drive against Kansas State, unbelievable. Would you guys like to be a part of December 27th when the Badgers play uh, Oklahoma State? No. No. A four-hour Bart Winkler podcast live no. during. Brutal. No. Talk about Luke Fickle the whole time. <clears throat> All right. I'll table that. Paul? All right. So I had a question queued up for Packers after Sunday's game. And then I heard Monday's podcast. And, Bart, sometimes I I listen to your show and I think, I think I don't think we're telekinetic. I don't think we're always thinking the same thing. I, I I'd like to think we're not always thinking the same thing. And then your Packers, the Packers won. Your take on that was almost here's here's what my here's how I was going to ask the question. I was going to ask the question like this, and the tone of how I say it is very important. The Packers won, yay, mm-hmm or mm-mm, because I watched it, felt nothing. Didn't like when the when the Bears were up nine zero. I think the I, I don't mean I don't know how to say this because it'll get misinterpreted very easily. When the Bears were up nine zero early in the game, I laughed. So the biggest emotion I had during the game was laughing at the incompetence of the Packers. Like that was like I was like, and I was like, all right, this is cool. Like they suck. This is they're gonna lose. They're gonna switch spots in the draft with the Bears. I know we covered the draft conversation last week. And then they kind of slowly came back, and it was like, yay, you beat the Bears. Congratulations. Woohoo. So I don't want to cover this too in-depth because you went into it pretty deep on Monday's show. but We talked about it pretty good on Tuesday, too. So I just let me just do a quick summary and just have you respond now that you've had a couple days to digest it. The Packers won. Woohoo. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. Here, well, can, I, can I chime in real quick? Yeah. So who's your biggest rival? In your guys' opinion, is it the Vikings? Vikings. So would you say the same thing if it were the Vikings you lost to? Because for me, as a Washington fan, I could go 0-15, but I better beat Dallas twice. Well, no, so Toby, let me flip that, and I'd say if they beat Minnesota, a good team, there would probably be, first off, bigger rival, Minnesota, compared to Chicago – and Minnesota, really good team. Chicago, really bad team. So you like you could feel you. I think as a Packers fan, you say, "Well, no, wait a minute. I know it's been a lost year, sure. but they just they just went to Minnesota well, and won. And Minnesota has a chance to be at least in the NFC Championship game." So I would say, like, "Oh, look, look at this. Like, look at this." But yeah, what if Minnesota think, was bad? What if they were four and eight? Well, I don't, well I, don't, I don't. I don't know. But in this particular scenario of this season, I would say it would be totally different because you just beat a three and. 10 or whatever they now four and nine the bears you beat a terrible team woohoo good for you and they're celebrating like it's a big deal and i want them to care the players should care i like that they care but this is not i heard i heard one of your callers talk about like the patrick beverly when the minnesota timberwolves won their play-in game and made it the best that's different like i liked that pat beverly situation because you just got through the plan and into the playoffs if you're the packers you're five and eight. Congratulations. Like, what, what, what are we doing? Like, what is this? It's a totally different type of celebration. That's a pathetic 
you you don't go you don't like use your hat you're happy you're a competitor you won the game yes you should be happy about that but let's let's like come on you beat the shitty bears you barely you barely snuck by the bears i know sorry sorry ron and rome or no who was the other the other, the other call um <laughs> doug and racine doug doesn't want you to say fuck oh, yeah <laughs> and i didn't <laughs> um okay fuck you can say that fuck so anyway, um, I just so the, the best the I felt like as the Packers came back, I was more like oh re- like this is just this is dumb. I, my my alternative question was gonna be the Packers winning on Sunday was dumb. Mm-hmm, or no, mm-hmm. so <laughs> I've talked about this a little bit, and I'll just uh, kind of massage it because on Tuesday's show, I was trying to figure out why I was so down that they won, and what I what I realized was I'm I'm mad that Jair got that pick. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not with you on that. I'm pretty anti Jair right now. I know. And I, I don't like that he made two awful plays. Then said one of the guys that burned him was a scrub who happened to be his old teammate and then got rewarded for bad behavior. Oh, you love the, that. Uh, with the interception at the end. What I didn't like about this game was, well, okay, not, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for you. Cause I saw a lot of people say this. They said, well, us lost. Guess we can go back to not caring about the world cup anymore. So you were like kind of into it. But then it ended, and immediately you didn't think about it anymore. You didn't have to root for soccer anymore. Good for you. When this Packer-Bears game ended, that was it for me. They won the game. Let's move on with my life. Had they lost and had the USA won, you guys would have had to be inundated with another week of U.S. soccer and Lionel Messi. And it's still happening. The tournament's still going on. Uh, In fact, I set a $4 DraftKings lineup that I forgot to set. Oh, man, I did it again. I do this so much. I forget to. I've wasted so much money on DraftKings <laughs> because I forget to set lineups. I just, lost, I just lost five dollars. Just a five dollar contribution just for the pot. Well, because I, I, why did I? I'm really pissed off. And then last night I spent twenty dollars. I'm into the solitaire that you can play online now, and I did it. <laughs> I'm a mess. Anyway. <laughs> You don't have to care about soccer, so I don't have to care about the Bears anymore. Had the Bears won, it would have been terrible. Because still, this was a big game for the Bears. They thought they were going to have Fields yeah. beat Rodgers, and this would be the next era of Bears football. It still is. They just didn't get that. You know, they didn't pass through the pearly gates. They just, they're going to, you know, they're going to go around a different way. So they thought it was going to be a big moment. I just thought that the hype on the game was – more than what the game deserved. Sure. I thought I felt that from Bears fans. I thought I felt that from the players. I thought I felt that on the TV broadcast when they said, this will go down as another great installment in this rivalry. Oh, God. I, I felt that from Wayne <laughs> Larravee on the on the radio. I thought, like, I, I, I don't know. He, he was freaking out about one play, and it was a good play for the Bears. I'm like, well, remember, that was 30 years ago you did that. So I, I just felt like the the hype on it. And that that's it. That's where I was, Toby. Well, and and two things. God One, damn it. God, DraftKings. I'm not a Packers fan, so like I don't have to bash Chicago, but I'm going to. Have you ever seen a player lifted up as much in the losing efforts as Justin Fields is by Bears fans every single week? This is the last game they won. I don't know. They lose every But week. that's what Packer fans want to do with Jordan Love. They yeah, want yes. Love to come in and play well, but they want us to lose. Yes. But that's, that's yes. 
Justin Fields every single week. It's look how good Justin Fields is. He's the new king of the north, and he loses every week. So I don't want to hear he, that. I'll come, no, he doesn't lose. His team loses every week. But he's, he's the best team. fantasy player going right now. His team is awful. His team is terrible. There's no doubt about it. Like he is not. And this they, is the best case scenario. Yeah, but Bears. like Fields is really good. The team is still bad. Like this is this is what you should want as a Bears fan. I have a question for you guys. You get a choice of three. What makes you the most mad about the win on Sunday? The win, period. The way they won, or the reaction to the win? Oh, the reaction to the win. No, that made me the most mad. Um. I think if they had gone in and trounced the Bears, I would have said, okay, you really took it to yep. them. Good. So I'm going to say the way they won. Yeah. That you you had to like, you had to really nail bite it out to the final yeah. end. That's, that's stupid. If you're going to have to go in and win, you better trounce them. If you can't do that, just lose. Yeah. 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 I'm not celebrating. Yeah. We had to come back from behind to be. Stupid. Team I mean, what, shit all over. I don't feel good. I, I, woohoo! Like that's why the question, the original question, is like, yay, you know. Well, and I think that's the thing is, I think that's part of the reason that Packers fans are frustrated. What you guys just expressed is, if you went in there and beat them forty to ten, it'd be like, all right, they won. And I don't think the reaction would be the same out of the Packers either. But because they felt like they came from behind and showed something that they haven't shown this year, you beat the Bears, who aren't very good. And you didn't do it in a very impressive fashion. Good for Rodgers to say that he still owns the Bears, but that's like the only dude that should be thrilled. I sent Bart. There's a. This is not my next question. You know what? Yes, it is. I sent Bart a picture. People Magazine wrote about Aaron Rodgers and Mallory Edens at the game, and I didn't see the thing of the footsie and the knee bumps and the. They were playing knee bumps. Yeah. All right. So. this was going to be a joke question, but screw it. Let's go. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Mallory Edens are going to be a thing if they're not already. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. Well, I don't are know. You, the, are you tweeted about it? You've got a theory on it. I, I mean, we might as well go. I just don't it. think you play that level of knee touch and you're not <laughs> bumping uglies, but I don't know that they ever, you know, do that, but there'll be, there'll be nights where they think about each other. It's just a uh, business relationship. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, Bart, your video, I, I had not seen what you had tweeted about until after I sent you. Like, why? I was like, basically, why is People Magazine taking this one image where they appear to be flirtatiously glancing at each other? You I thought in high stupid. school, sometimes and then, like and then, and then there's the knee bump, and then the knee bump video, and I'm like, now hold on a minute. <laughs> you know, high school, junior high, before, you know, if you like touch somebody's foot in eighth grade and they don't move their foot, it's like sexually charged. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, this is what is this feeling going through my body? And when you're an adult playing that level of knee tag, holy boy. Yeah. And wasn't like her dad on the other side of her? <laughs> like, well, that's probably why he brought her to the game. He's like, date Aaron. You'll have uh, more money, so you don't have to worry about any of that. Yeah. I don't think a good dad would want their daughter mixed up in that world, though. Into the Aaron world? No, you don't want that. Ayahuasca, baby. You don't. Well, so what I then what I said about I mean, so what I said about Rogers, because she would probably have to have him sign the prenup. Yeah, but Rogers would talk her out of it because he'd say like, 
why we got to sign things, baby. This is all just words. Words are just letters. Letters are just made up by cavemen. And how can you, how can you like, what's mine is half, what's yours is half. How do we own anything? How do I own this shirt? What makes me owner? How do I own my house? Are you telling me I own land? How do I own land? You can't own sky. You can't own water. How did we decide that one day you can own earth, baby? So no, I ain't signing no prenup. Think that would work? I think that's how the conversation would go. <laughs> I know, I know it is, because <clears throat> that's what I tried to do with my wife. <laughs> it's just a replay. <laughs> yeah, I just that's all we did. No, it's <clears throat> all right, Toby. Any other thoughts before I go on to a <clears throat> different topic? No, you're good. Go all right, thanks, it. brother. All right, this one's about Christian Watson because okay, we can actually be re- actual excited about Christian Watson. Uh, friend of podcast Peter Bukowski, he's teasing the possibility of forget offensive rookie of the year, forget Pro Bowl. Let's start talking all pro rookie Christian Watson. All right. Maybe all not- pro? You didn't see this tweet? Yes. All pro as a rook. Now, I'm not going to get quite that carried away, but Christian Watson is going to be an all pro at some point in his career. Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. An all pro in his career, which is what he's gonna make him a top four. I think four, yeah, right. Top four wide receiver, <clears throat> either four. Is this what MVS would have looked like if he could catch? No, 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 no. doesn't have the no, doesn't know. No, the Watson touchdown was all Watson because Rogers underthrew that, yeah. And the end around, like, when's behind. the last time the Packers have had a player who can do that? Yeah. Well, well, Tyler Irvin. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Minus but, the seven inches of height difference. and All you know, the- pro, I don't know. That's a lot. Uh, the <clears throat> odds are better to say no. But look, but look at what you're seeing right now from Christian Watson on the Packers. And go, especially this Bears game and the last couple of weeks with some of the deep touchdowns. And go back and watch his college film. It's the exact same thing. End around touchdowns that he just runs past everyone. Deep balls where he's just running past everyone. So this is exactly what he did in college. And he's going to have a better quarterback than he had in college, except for when he had Trey Lance for, what was it, like one season. He's going to have a better quarterback, even if it is Jordan Love. I don't see a reason he couldn't be. I mean, right now, if you were talking about receivers over the last four or five weeks – Christian Watson would be up there with anybody. How many all pros are there in each conference or all pro is the league. That's why Toby and I were saying, I think there's four all first team, all pro wide receivers, right? Okay. AJ Brown, CD lamb, Justin Jefferson. He's been better than CD lamb the last couple of weeks. Yep. Last month. CD lamb's pretty good. Tyreek Hill. Look, do a numbers comparison. It's not, we're not expecting him to do it this year, but he's scoring touchdowns. That's the thing. We're not saying this season, but you take this and put this over a 17-game pace, take away some of the touchdowns because this is unrealistic at this point. Well, and I'm going to say, mm-hmm, just because I don't want to be Packer. Packer fans love to, like, hey, how about all you Christian Watson doubters? Where were those people? All we might have said was, like, we say facts. It's like, man, Christian Watson's been hurt. They haven't really got a return on him yet. Well, and people are like, let's not say, oh, David Bakhtiari, I'm worried he'll never play again. Okay. 
Oh, you guys have doubted Bach. Yeah, guy's been out for two fucking years. Of course I doubted him. <laughs> guy's well, got a tummy ache and he's got to have surgery. Stop it. Come on. That's too far. Dude was dude was coming out of North Dakota State. And it's not that they were ever doubting the talent. They were just doubting that he could help out right away. And he didn't help out right away. But I to your point, Paul, with the question, I'm going to go with mm-hmm. Because you look down the road, I don't see a reason that he can't be one of the top receivers in the NFL. Because we've already seen just this year that he doesn't look like that polished of a route runner. Right. He, he's not running anything exceptional mostly what he's running are go balls or posts or corn like he's not running anything outside of maybe three so if you can get what the hell was that i was trying to pull up the all pro list and then some autoplay video nonsense so if you get him to be a little more polished as a route runner to become more of a number one type receiver and then assuming Dobbs can come out and be a nice complimentary player, then I don't see a reason that you can't have Christian Watson ascend to being one of the top wide receivers in the game. And this is the talent that people were excited about. And this is why when you looked at this draft class, which was very exciting, you got Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, all these guys. I thought that there was a chance that the guy with the highest potential and possibly the best receiver in the draft was Christian Watson. Yeah. By the way, so the All-Pros last year, Devontae, Cooper Cup, Debo, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. So five. I, I think it depends. Like, I so I think it would – there could have been four, but I think when they tie, they just – yeah. Um, but either way, yeah, he'd have to be a top four, top five wide receiver. And, yes, this pace is absurd what that he's on right now. But why would it – like, short of injuries, which, of course, have been his Achilles this far – why would it stop? I mean, this guy, yes, you're going to start game planning for him. Like, you know what, the, you know, we talked about the other day. What was your, was that Andy Herman you talked to Bart? Where it's like, they have players, not playmakers. They have guys you yeah. don't have to game plan. Like if you're a defensive coordinator, who are you like Aaron? Okay. Aaron Jones is really good. We have to talk about him, but that's really kind of, that's the only guy we have to worry and talk about and scheme around. If you're not scheming around Christian Watson, yep, you're, you're doing a disservice to your defense as a defensive coordinator. I just yes, not Jaguars oh, have a guy here that you have to specifically plan for, or he'll destroy you. I get all your arguments. It's all sound. It's all good. Oh, we didn't mention Devonte before. Um, I'm gonna say I. I know. I'm gonna say no. He will not oh. be an all pro. Of course, he, the odds. The odds are that he won't. So let's be clear. Like I'm taking the odds the odds that he won't. If you, if you put my house Bart, on it. Hello, Watson doubter. I cannot. Believe oh, yeah, yeah, Bart. Oh. Bart, Bart said Watson would never be good enough to be an All-Pro. No, Clip Bart it. looked at the odds of who can be an All-Pro, and I said, eh, it's more likely he won't than he will. Yeah, but now you're just hating. So, like, I want to clip this and make sure that we all know that Bart does not think Christian Watson is good. Yeah. Christian Watson's not even my top five Watson. Steven Watson, <laughs> Sherlock, and then his buddy Watson, Deshaun Watson. Top five wide receiver on the pack. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know. All right. Um, You want to do the Brewers or the the MLB one, a Bucks one, or what do you want? What are you in the mood for? I got one for you. Okay. The Steph Curry video where he made five or so throws from full court will be the 
crossing the Rubicon of society. There's no coming back. Why I say that is, of course that was fake. Yep. But so many people thought it was real. And because they took a player that was so good, and if you watch the video, it looks real. And we're at a point in technology where deep fakes are are very much confusing to people. Uh, you could do it with audio. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some situation someday mm-hmm. where people are confused so much. Like when Orson Welles said there was an alien attack and people believed it. I, I think that that's going to, I think the, the amount of people that thought that Steph Curry video was real and had no doubts about it is very concerning for me. And I think that eventually the end of humanity will become something that is the result of a mistake or a deep fake or a piece of audio that was faked. So you're well, saying the end of the I, world happened because Steph Curry made five full courts. Yeah. Shots. We're going to look back and say, that's where it went wrong. That. And when we were like, making the Boston dynamic robots do backflips, even though that one did backflip, they were studying. Oh, the humans are laughing at us. They think we're cute. I'll show you what's cute. Bart, when's the last time you brought up your robot takeover takes? Because those are, that's like prime Bart Winkler. They will (laughs) kill us. And then we lock them. And then we're going to start having sex with them. (laughs) Who's we? <laughs> I mean, I always say I'll try anything once. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Uh, where were we going with that? Um, oh, I was going to tell you, like. I was just talking about my robot fetish. Well, and then you say <laughs> the Steph Curry video. You know, when Aaron Rodgers first meets the Packers rookie class of 2023, he's going to say, hey, that's Steph Curry video. You might want to look into. You might want to look into that. You might want. You might, no, see that he believes. That he believes. Hey, uh, hey, uh, that uh, the Dark Ages. All right, I teased the uh, dinosaurs. I, you might want to look into the dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I teased the uh, the MLB one earlier, so I don't want to not get to it. So let me ask it. And Toby, I admit when I put this question together, I totally forgot about how Nationals and Phillies. And all of that, and why you would definitely never in a million years cheer for the Phillies. I did not consider that. So I know your answer is mm-mm. I just don't know what your answer is going to be beyond that. So all of these signings at the winter meetings, all of these trades, all these things happening. The Trey Turner signing with Philly. I like watching Bryce Harper. I like watching Kyle Schwarber. I've always liked JT Real Muto. Trey Turner is awesome. If there was one non-Brewers non-nationals team that you were to cheer for next season and toby i know the answer is mm-mm. it would be the phillies bart mm-mm, or mm-hmm, or mm-mm. no see so basically who's your favorite non-brewers team to root for well mine's always been the rays <laughs> yeah it's been mine too because they despite what baseball like it sucks it sucks this is the thing i said about the brewers yesterday and it can't be a team that spends money, Paul. It can't be because that it goes against everything that we are struggling with as Brewers. But, but, but also, I want to. I, I want to watch. I want to watch the Phillies. No, Bryce Harper's not going. He's going to be out until like the sure. the, the All Star break, right? But I would. I want to watch. I want to watch the Phillies. But in so the, in I, the I, I know, market, I know yeah, you want to watch them. I, I like watching the Cowboys. I don't like the Cowboys. 
I like watching when the Red Sox and Yankees play. Yeah, I do too. But, but I don't. True. You can't. But, the, but don't the you want to? Like, with the Brewers right now is we're in a system that is stacked against us, and our owner does it like they're they're accepting of it. So we know that we're stuck, and he's just like, "Fine, we're stuck." Instead of putting more money into this, I'll go by Norwich City. <laughs> All I would say is like, and this Jackie Robinson card. I agree with your I agree with the premise of what you're saying, but I'd also say like when the Rangers signed Degrom, and maybe it's well, going to Degrom's going to suck now because the, everyone the Rangers signed sucks. Well, I don't. I mean, with Seager, he was. He, I haven't they seen, all I haven't they seen. all turn to shit when they go to Texas, except for Nolan Ryan. Seager's batting average was way down, but his OPS was still fine. So the baseball his fielder got shitty. Well, he was already when he was traded there from Detroit. He had already. Didn't they sign some? Didn't they sign like a Kevin Brown type years ago, and then he sucked? Yeah, um, yeah, that was that was like the first. Was he like the first pitcher to get a hundred million or something? The Rangers are just—they're never going to be good. But don't you, at the same time, though, applaud a team like the Rangers who have just perennially sucked for a while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like, hey, this is this is cool. Like this is good for baseball, right? That that Degrom isn't a Dodger or a Yankee or even a Reds. Like, okay, the Rangers. All right, the Rangers. You know, like maybe it's gonna end up being a waste of money, but I I applaud it. I'm like, this is cool. Go It'll Rangers. Be cool for ten starts next year. Again, it's not my money, so it's like whatever. But like in terms of baseball parody and you know what look like well what team would be fun to like randomly watch on a sunday night baseball like the rangers just became a little bit more relevant uh, adrian i'm looking at top 10 rangers free agent signings one nolan ryan yep two rafael palmero came back Mm. uh three adrian beltray okay he did good four sinsu chu oh He tanked. Five. I didn't even realize Will Clark was a Ranger. <laughs> Six. Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. Colby was- Lewis. John Wetland. Joe Nathan. Vlad Guerrero had one year there. I always thought Joe Nathan was so overrated. When he was with the, was he a twin, right? Yeah. Um, since by the way, since we've been talking, Buster only has said that the Dodgers and Rays are competing for the services of Andrew McCutcheon. Ooh. Oh, a whole what two or three mil? <laughs> All right. Well, well I do. I don't know if you have a Bucks one, but I'm gonna well, play you, hot take Jake's voicemail. Hold instead. on, you never let me answer who I'd rather watch than the Phils. Root, okay. watch for whatever. Yeah, San Diego Padres, baby. Juan well, Soto. It, and even without like your Juan Soto connection, I still think that's a good answer because the Padres go for it. Like I, I like that. Like that's fun. Go Padres. And I know it's unpopular, especially in a podcast that is primarily primarily listened to in Wisconsin. But I love Manny Machado. I strongly, strongly dislike Manny Machado for obvious reasons during that run. But I mean, I'm not seeing him as often. Um, Machado from his. More, and no. when I watch the Padres, I'm like, I want to see a Manny Machado at bat. I do. I do. How does a guy like R.D. Top feel on Twitter when he defends the hater trade and then both David Stearns and Craig Council have come out and said <laughs> it was a mistake? <laughs> well, How do you feel say- when you carry water for the Brewers because it's reflex 
And then the Brewers say, no, we were wrong. That's got to be a dick in the punch. I mean, a punch in the dick. Yeah, one or the other. Although I think a dick in the punch would actually be worse if that's what happened. Right in the bowl. <laughs> yeah. And then you drank the punch. No. The, the Bucks question will still be relevant next week. It's not time. It's, it's evergreen. All right. Uh, I want to play this from Hot Take Jake to wrap things up. On Tuesday's show, we've been we've been joking about trading Middleton. Last week I said Tim Shea wanted to trade Middleton. He complete joke. He didn't know I was gonna say it. Here's hot take Jake. This call came in during our program. Good bullet bull. What's up, Art? Hot take Jake here. Just kind of listening in on you and Tim's conversation about Chris Middleton on the pod today, and I'm a little disappointed in you guys. You fell into the trap, just like the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers. You want to keep this guy based on prior performance, not on what this upcoming contract is going to bring you. So when you think about a guy like me, and I get it, it's kind of hard for a lot of people because I'm always right, but... Someone like me looks at Chris Middleton and says, all right, here's a guy who always is battling injuries. He has conditioning issues. He's already lost a step or two on defense. He's going to decline his player option at the end of this season and become a free agent uh, unless you give this guy Giannis money because that's what we're talking about here to keep Chris Middleton is Giannis money. So you're in that like $45 million per year range. So you're ready to give this guy that's had injury issues, conditioning issues. He's already losing his step. He's 32 in this offseason. You want to give him a four-year deal for Giannis money because, yes, he did a great thing. He helped seal a championship. He had huge moments in that playoff run. But, guys, by the time he's a free agent, that's going to be three years past. You can't give money. You can't give years on a deal based on what you've previously done. So it's not Chris Middleton. Hey, it's just like the whole Jordan Love situation. You got to be realistic. You got to look to the future here. I want this Giannis window to like be for the next eight, nine years. Okay. So if you trade a Chris Middleton now, maybe you get a young stud that develops. He's not Chris Middleton right now, but the way this Bucks team is playing right now, I don't think they necessarily need him to keep that championship window open. In fact, the early returns are not great, especially uh, defensively with Middleton. And, of course, yesterday he had a shit show on offense. I'm just saying, guys, you can't give money in years based on previous performance because we've seen it burn teams so many times, especially locally. I still love you guys, but, I mean, open up your minds a little bit. Later. I think where points were made by Jake, I have just, I've been hearing my whole career, people have been trying to get Chris Middleton off this team. And so I just, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't. Interfere. Well, he, here's the issue. And he just dismisses what he did on the championship run as not that big of a deal. And you right? can't judge Middleton's first three games back from injury. First, two. Well, here's the thing. He goes, well, all he did in the finals, that's awesome, but... You can't dismiss that as not that big of a deal because the Bucks brought in a guy last year and Grayson Allen, who you're like, oh, okay, this guy might be able to contribute. And then you got to the playoffs and in that Celtics series disappeared. So you could go out and trade for someone. You could go out and sign someone. 
And guess what they could do in the playoffs? Just absolutely disappear. You have a proven playoff competitor in Chris Middleton, and I don't need him to play a huge role right away in the regular season. If Chris Middleton only gets in 30 or 40 games in the year, that's fine. As long as he's in shape for the playoffs, give me a playoff Chris Middleton. And that's the thing with this Giannis window that he mentioned. I have a proven guy in Chris Middleton. Why would I trade away a proven commodity in Middleton for someone who might be able to help me down the road? All right, let me counter that. Ready? Toby, you said in in reference to what Jake said, well, it's great what he did in the playoffs, but I would always say like anything that happened in the past should always come with a but. It should always come with a sure, yes, it's like that was amazing. That was great. Can he do that again at 32, at 33, at 34, at 35? It's a totally fair question. You should never give a contract to somebody based on anything that they have done. Right? Like, I mean, those are indicators. Sure. But you, you have to project forward. And like, okay, we talked last week about like if you woke up one day and you had a trade, you had a notification on your phone that said the, the Brewers have traded Corbin Burns. My first reaction would not be like, what are they doing? I'd Okay, what's the return? Okay, okay, it was that or it was this. Okay, well, now, now let me process it. But the idea of trading Burns isn't like, what are you doing? If I woke up one day and there was a t- notification, the, the Bucks have traded Chris Middleton, I wouldn't say without seeing the return, what are you doing? You're crazy. Like, this is the worst thing you've ever done. You're going to destroy the Giannis window. I'd be like, oh, okay, let's see what they got back. I don't think the idea – the, the, the mere idea of a Middleton trade is crazy. He is going to opt out of his player option. He is going to get somewhere in the neighborhood of four years and, a, and $200 million. Bart, to your point, in the Milwaukee market, when the Bucks first re-signed Middleton, I would think it was like, this is going to sound so ridiculous, somewhere in like the four-year, $46 million range or something. And there was this guy named Steve Sparky Pfeiffer on this, on this radio station in the area who was and Sparky and I are usually on the same page about the Bucks and have been historically. And he was like, he just, I recall him thinking like, that's no, that's crazy. And I said, you know, Sparky, the cap is about to go up and there's gonna be all these things. And Middleton is just ascending as a player. So I've been on like the Chris Middleton is a guy, Chris Middleton's a guy you shouldn't lose. I'm not sitting here saying trade Middleton. I don't have like that take yet as Bart disappears in the background of his YouTube, but the mere idea or mention of trading Middleton is not crazy because the thing about the NBA and the salary cap is once a guy, like let's say he, you know, he opts out and he signs somewhere else, the bucks don't have, okay, well now they can spend that 35 million somewhere else. No, you can't. You're over the cap. You're screwed. So you either have to re-sign Middleton for absurd money. We're talking 50 million a year plus, or you have to trade him now. If you let him walk, you can't replace him. So you're either saying by keeping him, okay, yep, I'm comfortable with paying. When's this contract? Million. When's this contract? This off season. Oh fuck! Well, then you're gonna shit. This off season, he well his his player option is this off season. He will opt out. It's a 99% certainty he'll opt out. And then you do have to make a four year, two hundred million dollar decision to take him through his age 36 season. The idea of trading Middleton should not be dismissed. But it's boy who cried wolf. People have wanted it forever, and now, now the fact that now the fact that it actually might make some sense. You guys have been begging for it for nine years. I can't take it seriously. I hear what you're saying. It's been a it's been a bad idea 
for the majority of those nine years. It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad concept anymore. He's going to opt out. You're going to either have to just pay him the full, full max, which is, again, like four years, $200-plus million. You'll be paying $56 million because there's always like the 8% every year it goes up. You'll be paying 36-year-old Middleton like $56 million. That sucks. Like, the, like there's no way 36-year-old Chris Middleton is, you know, even with a rising salary cap, is worth that. Um, there's, I mean, at 36 in four years, it's just, it's a near impossibility. I don't think, and you laid out. There you go, Jake. There you go, Jake. I don't feel like the idea of trading him is that crazy. It's just going to have to be for someone that can help for sure. Like, yeah, I want something. If I'm trading Chris Middleton from a championship contender, like the bucks, I don't want to get picks and a prospect no. who hasn't proven anything. Absolutely. I something proven, and I prefer, if I can, to get someone who's playoff proven. Like, I, I again, I don't think it's super ridiculous. And, I, you know, I've never felt like trading Middleton's a good idea, and I still wouldn't be in that camp. And I still don't know that even when this is brought up, I felt like trading Middleton was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard either. But I just have a hard time when you have a core like the Bucks that is – proven that they can win a championship and you're in a championship window to break that up. But I mean, if you're looking down the road, this just comes back to the thing. Like I have a hard time and this is why the hater trade hurt so much too. Obviously the, the results weren't good is you're looking down the road on something that you can win this year, you know? And I, I guess you do have to do that as a business in sports, mm-hmm. but as a fan, as probably a player and as a coach, that's a tough thing to do. And that's why you have to trust these GMs at times, like a John Horst, because they have to look at this season, but also the next five. And as a fan, I can't really do that. So, I mean, it's you laid it out pretty well there, Paul, that maybe it is something they have to consider. Yeah. Bart, have we just broken your brain? Uh, well, I'm thinking who trades for Chris Middleton. Uh, that's that's where my head is. I don't I don't know what team needs Middleton because whoever like okay He's you're not going to come there and be like like the Kings aren't going to be like well let's build around Chris Middleton. But well, they, they, could, they they could say oh this is the final piece yeah. of our if you puzzle. had that needed why are we trading him away? Some playoff experience. Well, the answer to that question, just to play it out, is because you don't want to be the tame paying 36 year old Chris Middleton 56 million dollars. That's the only reason, not because Middleton isn't good or Middleton that you can't get. It's because you – the why, why did you trade Middleton? The answer would be, if John Horst was telling you the complete truth what? in this year, would be we, we don't want to pay 36-year-old Chris Middleton $56 million. What is Middleton's player option? Like 30, 40, 38, somewhere in that neighborhood. He'll, he'll, he'll get more than that next year from someone, probably the Bucks. Yeah, that's – the, the interesting thing with all of this is, like, the obvious business side is to decline and then sign the bigger contract. Mm-hmm. You just wonder if you get in the culture, Bobby's taking less, and then obviously no. <laughs> Bobby took less and then got paid. Same sort of thing you've seen with other guys. Is it something that Middleton would consider? No. Well, no, Middleton's made a lot of money. But this is, this, this, is, this is his last payday 
he's you know Portis was 27 when he did that. List passed off 27. And it's his last payday. I I do get that, but is it something that he would just consider? You know what I'm saying? Like not getting the full money or taking. You know, you know what Middleton would do? Middleton would say, "Hey, John Horst, hey ownership group, let me go ahead, let me go home tonight, let me consider that." And then he wouldn't consider it for a second. Would come 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 back the next day and say, "You know, I thought about it." And I'm going to have to decline. Sorry. Like that would be. Yeah, the I, know, I know people that have had opportunity to make more money than they're making and have turned it down. <laughs> so why went Middleton? Well, does Middleton want to, if they're like, Hey, we might have to trade you and uh, you're going to make $50 million in California, or you can make 40 here where there's uh, less tax and you could retire a buck. I'd take the 40 million. Well, you should advise Chris Middleton then. <laughs> Boys, uh, my love for you, I always think it is capped. It continues to grow. It's kind of like the universe. It's always expanding. Always expanding. Yeah. All right, so put up a show poll for the Bucks trade Chris Middleton. When you ever like talking about some stuff like this, like trading Chris Middleton, do you ever think like how insignificant we are in the scale of the world never well you should more no i don't care far too frequently is the answer to your question <laughs> oh, i told my wife last night this is where i'll leave you i told my wife last night and as we're talking i just got a second rejection letter from another company <laughs> but i don't know if they already rejected me and they just screwed up or if i because some of these i was re- I would get rejected and reapply. <laughs> Usually not a winning scenario. I told her, do you want, this is dark. You want to know this? Uh, sure. Sure. I said, I am going to, <laughs> I said, I am going to die someday. Maybe it will be because of natural causes. Maybe a blimp will fall and crash on my face. <laughs> is that what you wrote? Whatever it is, I'm always going to want one more day with my son. It's hard to think about life without obsessing about death. What a curse. It is the human challenge. Our understanding of... Toby's like, I came here to talk about fucking Trey Turner, man. (laughs) Toby's still still in his 20s. He doesn't have have kids. He's in his 20s. None of this has entered his, you know, nor should it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, don't talk to us, Tobes. I'll try not to be. I'm all good. All right, boys. Toby, do you know how old Bart is in two years? Very. Yeah. The only thing. I I just passed my half birthday. Thanks for noticing. The only thing that depresses me is when my football team needs a win and they tie. I I, I love. I mean, I remember that time of my life when that was the biggest concern. (laughs) We've all been. I mean, we've all sports fans have all been there. Doing a trying to get a podcast started when you're 38 is one thing, but if I'm 40, I, this I, I better be Bart McAfee if I'm 40. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just using all your podcast earnings to buy a Porsche for your midlife. Yeah, Dayton Mal. better be. It's a very very old broken Porsche, but it's a Porsche. All right, boys, love you. See you guys. Love you. Love you. Bye. You said it, Paul. Then, wow, <laughs> what a dick. 
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.